Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. This is Jeff Young, your host. And here we are on Friday, another Friday. And uh, and that means it's going to be another uh, Recipe Friday today. I hope that you are doing well. Uh, I don't know where you are uh, at the moment, how the weather is, but it is uh, fantastic here in New Orleans, of course. You know, down close to the Gulf of Mexico on the Mississippi River, we tend to have a little humidity. Uh, that's the norm down here, so it tends to be a little hotter than uh, than you would like it to be. <laughs> I think that's a good way of putting it. Uh, and today, you know, I, I was thinking last week, last Friday for Recipe Friday, uh, I talked about uh, Greek and Lebanese recipes. I gave uh, several recipes, or actually not several, just uh, about four recipes, uh, and, and linked them over at catholicfoodie.com. They're all there. If you missed the show or if you're driving and you cannot uh, take notes, please don't, don't uh, text and drive or, or, or write down recipes and drive. That's not, it's not a very safe thing to do, but all the recipes can be found over at catholicfoodie.com. So just make a mental note and you can go over there and check it out when you get home. Uh, but we did Greek and Lebanese recipes last week in honor of the Greek festival in New Orleans, which was last weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we did talk about a Greek salad, and that got me thinking about uh, about this week's show. What are we going to do this week for Recipe Friday? We're going to talk salads. Uh, if you know me, uh, or if you knew me as a child, you'd be kind of surprised by this because I used to be the pickiest eater in the world. I did not like uh, lettuce. I did not like anything green except uh, maybe like those green lifesavers uh, or, or a green lollipop or, or some, you know, gum. If it was green, I would eat it. Uh, jelly beans too, but not uh, vegetables, right? Not, uh, not vegetables. Um, I would eat uh, corn as a vegetable and I would eat uh, tomatoes if the tomatoes were drowned in wishbone salad dressing and a couple of times, Italian salad dressing, and a couple of times my mom would, uh, would, would make me sit at the table and would not let me get up until I finished my vegetables, whatever it was. If it was a salad, it would be uh, just green iceberg lettuce with uh, maybe some tomatoes in there. And uh, I would beg, just dump the whole bottle, all the wishbone, all of that Italian dressing, just pour it all on there and, and I, would, uh, I would eat it. Thank God is all I could say is thank God that uh, we grow up <laughs> and our palates develop. Uh, we, we maybe get a little sense of adventure from time to time and we try something new and different like, uh, like you know, a good salad. And, and lo and behold, we discover that, hey, I actually like this. This is pretty good. And that's what's happened to me over the years. You know, my wife uh, has helped me uh, tremendously over the last 16, well, we've been married for 16 years, but I have known her since uh, 1992. And from the first moment I saw her, she inspired me to do and to be things that uh, I didn't think were possible. And um, I guess that's what grace is all about, right? That's what God calls us. In this wonderful sacrament of marriage, he calls us to do that. He calls us uh, out of ourselves and into community, into family, into love. And that's how we grow. And so I did things for this woman that I would never have done otherwise. I I tasted uh, beans and discovered that I actually liked beans, uh, different vegetables. And over the years, (laughs) it's been a process, right? It's not everything. I'm still working my way up to asparagus. I haven't gotten there yet. But but I eat broccoli now. So it has been a process and it's been amazing. And uh, I really do attribute a lot of my... um 
I guess, uh, repertoire now, my new repertoire of, of foods that I eat, uh, I attribute to, to my wife and her calling me out of myself and into, into relationship uh, with her. Uh, so that's a wonderful thing. But before we get into the recipes, I do want to, to go back to something we discussed on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, I was talking about this thing called the sacramental principle uh, and how it really is sort of the basis or the, the, the basic, um, oh, what do you call it, like worldview that we have as Catholics. Uh, we understand creation itself in a sacramental way. And if you think back to what the definition of a sacrament is, uh, the Baltimore Catechism tells us, right, it's an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace or to convey grace. And grace is really nothing more, or I shouldn't say nothing more. Um, grace isn't something odd or different or um, it's not a thing. It, it's a who. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a what. It's a who. Grace is the very life of God. So Jesus it institutes these sacraments, right? Seven sacraments um, to give grace, to give us the very life of God. And of course, you can see this clearly uh, in, in as an example, the sacrament of baptism, where water is used, something very physical, something tangible, something we can feel. Water is used along with the words, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that the water and the words, the sacrament uh, not only symbolizes the washing away of sin, but it actually does it, right? It, it's efficacious. It, it actually does what it says it does. It does what it, in, what it symbolizes that it's doing. It washes away sin and makes um, the baptized person into a new creation, into a son or daughter of God. So sacramental principle, we talked about a little bit on Wednesday, and I was trying to, to get that, I was trying to convey that in the context of family meals and why family meals are so important. Um, you have a lot of folks that, I mean, first of all, we're so busy in life. Uh, the families have a hard time getting around the table to begin with. Uh, but not only that, you, you start to see things, you start to see discussions, you start to see ideas um, proposed that would uh, basically say, hey, this, this whole family meal thing is an outdated idea. We got to get rid of it. And, and that's really what I was referring to. That's what I was trying to, to answer, trying to respond to was that particular argument. It was back in September of last year, I believe, that a study came out uh, that basically said that. It was a study talking about how um, the ideal of family meals home-cooked family meals uh, is a burden to modern women, particularly women who may be um, at or below the poverty line, that that it's a, it's a burden, it's unrealistic. And so what we need to do is we need to just get rid of the ideal. And so I tried to answer that, tried to look at that from the standpoint of the sacramental principle, uh, which helps us to understand that creation itself is good, that God works through creation to communicate with us. He has the instruction book. He made us and he made us for family. He made us for communion. And so we need to kind of listen to God and see how do we handle family life? How do we handle the the, the, the daily chores and the duties of family life uh, with that with that goal in mind, which is that God calls us to communion. He calls us to family. And uh, when I was putting the show notes together for that episode, that, that radio show from, from Wednesday, I was putting that together. Uh, I, I thought to myself, well, let me see if there are any other rebuttals out there, any other thoughts out there on this, um, this particular study that came out and some of the articles that came out uh, in favor of getting rid of 
uh, family meals or the ideal of the family meals because it makes us feel guilty. We can't live up to it. And I came out, I came up, I came across plenty, actually plenty of rebuttals. And uh, here is, um, here is one that I was just very, very impressed with. I, I just posted it over at catholicfoodie.com. So again, uh, if you want to read this in its entirety, you can find it over at catholicfoodie.com. But Michael Ruhlman, who is uh, a chef, he's a professionally trained chef uh, and also a food uh, food writer uh, and an author of, of, of several books um, over at uh, ruhlman.com, R-U-H-L-M-A-N. He, he responded to this back in September, right after the study came out and uh, had a lot of really good things to say. He said, when he first, uh, when he first saw the, the, an article, there was an article on Slate uh, that came out. When he first saw it, he kind of just uh, passed it off. He's like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's counter to his own conviction convictions. So he just sort of disregarded it. You know, it was, it was like, okay, whatever. However, he says he just couldn't stop thinking about it. He couldn't stop thinking about certain uh, uh, parts of that. And so he went back and this is what he had to say. He said, the home cooked dinner is expensive and time consuming and often uh, done for a bunch of, this is a quote, often done for a bunch of ingrates who would rather just eat fast food, uh, which is what the journalist Amanda Marcotte uh, concluded in, in, her, um, in her article about the study. Uh, he says, you know, what I couldn't stop thinking about was the author's conviction that home-cooked meals shared by the family is a romantic notion, right? Um, a romantic notion, something from the past, something that we don't need anymore. And, and the insinuation in the article was that um, it was harmful to those who considered a burden um, or you know, on any mother living in, in poverty. And so what Ruhlman says is that he was disheartened to learn uh, after some additional mouse clicks that um, – because he was searching on, online and, and reading some of the responses to to this article that uh, the, the author herself of the article from on Slate uh, stopped responding to or stopped even reading the mentions on Twitter because there was so much of a, of a backlash from this article that she wrote. Uh, people were standing up and saying, no, 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 this is not right. This is not right. This is very – family meals are very important, and we can't just go back and say – Hey, we don't need this anymore. It, it, it's too important for that. So I was very happy, first of all, to see that uh, that I wasn't the only one, and that my particular approach of looking at it from the standpoint of the Bible, the look at the standpoint of sacramental uh, principle, wasn't the only way. That there were other ways that people were looking at this too and saying, "Hey, family meals are important. We need to keep this." We need to keep this together. So all the details, you can read more about that in depth over at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, it's, it's, it's uh, right there, the most recent post. We need to take a break, so we're going to be doing that right now. Uh, this is the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio, and uh, I'll be back in just a minute with recipes on for salads. Back to the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. I'm Jeff Young, your host. And uh, today's Recipe Friday. We're talking recipes, and, and I'm going to give you recipes for salads today. You know, it's summertime, uh, getting to be summertime at least. It's hot down here in South Louisiana for sure. Uh, New Orleans is known, I think, for jazz and for Mardi Gras, for good food and for humidity. <laughs> Since I'm bald, I don't really have to worry about bad hair days. I guess they're all 
bad hair days. Uh, but I know that uh, if you have curly hair and you live down here in Louisiana, well, you know, oh well. <laughs> bad hair days can certainly be uh, on the menu for you any any day of the week in the summertime. Uh, we're talking salads today. I, I, I love the summer. I love tomatoes. Tomatoes is one of my favorite fruit, vegetable, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I just, I love, to, I love to cook with tomatoes, to make tomato sauce, uh, pizzas with tomato sauce. Uh, but I also just love fresh tomatoes. And uh, this time of the year, we have down in South Louisiana what I used to think was a particular variety of tomato called a Creole tomato. And if you go to the store, you're going to see uh, advertised you know, different different types of, of tomatoes, and Creole would be one of those types. Well, it, it was a, a long time, a long time before I realized, it was probably just a couple of years ago, a few years ago, that I realized that uh, it, it's not its own variety of tomato. A Creole tomato is simply a homegrown tomato that is grown uh, in, in, in this area of the country. Uh, we have a lot, if you think about the Mississippi River uh, in, in this whole area uh, down in, in South Louisiana, uh, the soil is very rich because over time the river has has changed uh, its flow. It's, it's um, uh, what there's a term for this and I can't think of what it is, but it's, it's moved, you know, from, from one place to another. And because of that, there's rich deposits of um, all kinds of minerals in, in, the, in the soil. And it's because of that, apparently, that we have this particular flavor in our homegrown tomatoes. So they are called Creole tomatoes. And nowadays, uh, I guess maybe unfortunately, uh, there are a lot of folks who call uh, Creole tomatoes Creole tomatoes uh, for marketing purposes and not necessarily because of of where or how they have been grown. Uh, But the Creole, traditionally, the Creole tomato to me, these homegrown tomatoes have a particular taste. It's it's almost like a, I mean, I know it's maybe in my imagination, but almost a, a tanginess or a spiciness to them that uh, that you don't have with with other maybe hothouse tomatoes or or something along those lines. So, and I really like them. I like them a lot. Matter of fact, uh, for for years. Years and years during uh, the summer, um, it would not be unusual to find me uh, making a lunch out of Creole tomatoes. And uh, I would just slice the tomatoes, put a little oil and I'm not oil, I'm sorry, a little salt and pepper uh, on the tomatoes and, uh, and eat it just like that. Or something that can be very popular down here. As a quick lunch, uh, weekday or weekend uh, during the summer, if you've got a lot going on, you want just a quick a quick lunch, you can do a uh, a, a little uh, sandwich, little, you know, two slices of bread with a sliced Creole tomato, a little mayonnaise, and a little salt and pepper, and that alone is just heavenly. It is so so good. So it wouldn't, it should not be a surprise that I love to make uh, salads with Creole tomatoes in the summertime. Uh, the first salad I'm going to give you, though, today is not made with tomatoes. It's uh, it's called a sensation salad. And when I first came across this salad was when I was uh, working as a bartender at uh, Drusilla Seafood in Baton Rouge. And, you know, it's funny. I, I'm the, called the Catholic foodie. I love to cook. And uh, folks will ask me sometimes if I was professionally trained. And and I wasn't. Uh, I, I've, I'm self-taught. I, I just love to cook and, and always have. And, uh, and I guess for me, it's more of an art form. I love to get in the kitchen, just play around. Around and, and see what I can make. Um, but I have been professionally trained as a bartender, believe it or not. <laughs> and I worked as a bartender for about four or five years. Uh, 
many moons ago now. Uh, and Drusilla Seafood was a place where where I, I first uh, started working as a bartender. And uh, they have a salad that was there. Uh, one of the salads there, the place is still open today. The salad is still there today. The Sensation Salad is what it was called. I always just thought that it was from Drusilla. But when I would go out to eat at different restaurants... I would notice in Baton Rouge that uh, other restaurants had a sensation salad too. It was more or less the same, more or less the same type of a dressing. And uh, after doing some research, and this is going on now, this is a few years back, but doing some research because I wanted to come up with a recipe and and share it over at catholicfruity.com, I came to find out that uh, the salad actually originated at the old Bob and Jake's restaurant in Baton Rouge. And that restaurant closed back in the early 70s. Uh, So you can see how this salad, this sensation salad that you can still find in restaurants all across uh, Baton Rouge today, really kind of suck its, uh, uh, sunk its roots deep into the local culinary culture. Uh, and if you taste it, you're going to see why. It is an excellent, excellent salad. Not complicated to make. Uh, matter of fact, one of the things I like to do, uh, and I share this with, with folks all the time as a, maybe a cooking tip uh, when I make salad dressings, uh, whenever I have to crush garlic or uh, use garlic in a salad dressing, I, I like to use a mortar and pestle. I find that crush, I have a wooden one, a very well-used wooden one. And I find that when you crush the garlic, you just, you're able to really extract all the flavor from the garlic. It's more intense that way than if you were to just crush it uh, with a um, you know garlic press as an example or or even mince it. Uh, so for most of my cooking actually I like to uh, to crush the garlic in a mortar and pestle. Uh, I just I enjoy doing that. Not to mention is it helps you to get rid of some stress. You know you're pounding that garlic and beating it to death and uh, maybe helps you to relax a little bit, get rid of some stress. Uh, so uh, you're going to definitely use garlic in this in this recipe. But what I like to do as a cooking tip is to make the dressing itself, I like to use uh, jars. And we have over the years saved jars. Maybe it's a jam or a jelly jar. So a small jar, enough to make this a salad dressing typically for one one salad, one big salad for a family. Uh, sometimes we'll have a little leftover. And the good thing about leftovers is you just put the top back on the jar and stick it in the fridge. You can save it for the for the next day. Uh, but it's nice to add all your ingredients right into this one jar. And instead of having to toss the salad or you could just put the top on and shake it. And a very good way, easy way to, to mix a salad dressing. So what is in a sensation salad? Well, uh, the juice of half a lemon. I love working with real lemon. I also use three tablespoons of red wine vinegar, one third to one half extra virgin olive oil, one, one third to one half cup of extra virgin olive oil. You're going to have to to taste that. That's very important when you're, you're cooking is to taste, 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 and you need to cook according to your taste. So one third to one fourth cup extra virgin olive oil, um, four cloves of garlic crushed. So you're going to make lots of friends by uh, eating the salad, four cloves of garlic, salt to taste. I like to use kosher salt myself, coarsely ground, and then freshly ground black pepper to taste. One head of romaine lettuce uh, torn into bite-sized pieces for this salad, and then one bunch of parsley finely chopped, and uh, a half a cup of grated Romano cheese. I like to get the big block of cheese and grate it myself personally, but do it uh, do it the best way that works for you. And so what you want to do is crush the garlic well, use a little salt as an abrasive, you know, in that mortar and pestle, crush it really well, then in a glass mixing bowl or 
or in that uh, in that jar, uh, you can mix together the uh, the lemon juice, the red wine vinegar, uh, whisking that or or shaking it up, and then add the olive oil. You know, if you are making it in a in a glass bowl, this is one of the advantages of a glass bowl is that you can actually whisk. While you're whisking the lemon juice and the red wine, you can add that oil gradually. And what that does is it helps to really uh, to, to, to mix well, so well, as a matter of fact, that it, it won't break apart as easily when you stop whisking it. Then you want to add the garlic, whisk that in, salt and pepper to taste. In a separate bowl, in a big mixing bowl, you want to mix your lettuce and your parsley and the Romano. And uh, what I like to do personally is take that and then stick it in the fridge and let it chill for a while, about half an hour or so, uh, before I actually add the the dressing. And what that does is it, it, it you're able to have a, a very cool salad on a hot summer day. And I enjoy that. Uh, but in the end, either way, uh, you are going to uh, add just enough dressing to coat the lettuce evenly and then toss uh, all Always taste for salt. You may need to add a little more salt or a little black pepper. Um, you know, you can you can add more cheese if you like. But that is the sensation salad, and we make in my family salad every day. We make a salad dressing just about every day, and uh, this sensation salad recipe is almost like a uh, a starter recipe for us. We change things. We may add a little uh, 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 mustard as an example, not your yellow mustard, but some sort of a of a, a mustard with a with bite to it, uh, or even a Creole mustard um, as, to the salad dressing. We may add something else. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can do to to add, but basically in some way, shape, or form, this dressing is uh, kind of our standard everyday salad dressing that we like to use. Uh, you can also, as a, as a variation, add crumbled feta. You know, you have a big block of feta cheese, cut some of that off, crumble it with your hands uh, instead of that Romano is, is excellent. And i tell you what I like. I really like sun-dried tomatoes a lot. And I'll take those sun-dried tomatoes. I usually buy them whole. And what I'll do is is uh, uh, chop them and, and add those to, to the salad as well. Very, very good. And this is something, too, that it, you can make in advance. If you have some sort of an event, maybe you uh, have a, a dinner planned, uh, folks coming over for dinner in the evening, then you can make this earlier during the day. Wrap, Put some saran wrap or, or plastic wrap over that, that salad bowl. Stick it in the fridge let it cool. You don't have to toss until the last minute. So uh, it's definitely something that you can do in advance. Uh, we are coming up close to a break here. I want to say, if you have recipes, and I, here I am on Recipe Friday, I'm sharing recipes with you. If you have recipes that you enjoy, that you like, please do share them with me. I'd love to, 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 to see what you've got. Uh, you can always email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Matter of fact, if you have a good recipe, I'd love to post it over there at catholicfoodie.com. So keep that in mind. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. I'm Jeff Young, your host. And uh, we're talking salads today. We're talking, this is Recipe Friday, folks. Recipe Friday, we're talking salads. Uh, There are, I mean, I just, I love, I I could eat salad every day. It's kind of like pizza. You know, I could eat pizza every day. I could eat salad every day. Uh, In the last segment, I share with you the the recipe for sensation salad. If uh, if you're driving or um, unable to to write anything down, don't worry, don't fret. Uh, The recipe is over at Catholic Foodie 
com. You can just search for Sensation Salad. And uh, what I want to talk to you about now is is a, is a salad that really I, I just discovered. Um, goodness, I guess it was about a year and a half ago. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, you know. But a year and a half ago, I went to the Holy Land and uh, led a pilgrimage of food meets faith. Pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Spent um, about uh, uh, 13, 14 days uh, in the Holy Land. And uh, it was a food meets faith pilgrimage. So it was not, it was, it was a traditional pilgrimage experience in the Holy Land. We had all the, the main things you would think about, like renewing your baptismal promises in the Jordan River, um, visiting the Church of the Annunciation, uh, of course, going to you know, the place of, of the, the, the crucifixion, right? The death and the resurrection of Jesus, um, the agony in the garden, going to, to, to Gethsemane, all these things that you would imagine would be part of um part of the uh, a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, we did. That was certainly what we did. But in addition to that, we had this whole foodie track of events. I like to call it a, a foodie buffet of events that we uh, that we were able to, to, to participate in. And some of that involved a cooking demonstration. Some of it involved uh, getting into the kitchen with professional chefs, um, eating in some of the best restaurants, the finest restaurants in Israel and Palestine, um, getting behind the scenes views at, at wineries, at breweries and uh, bakeries. I mean, it really was an amazing, amazing uh, trip. We were able to grow in faith around the table of the Eucharist and also around the dinner table together. It was, it was fantastic. So one of the salads that I was introduced to on that particular trip uh, is called an Israeli chopped salad. And, uh, you know, if you travel to the United States or to the Holy Land, and this goes for a lot of different recipes, uh, you're going to find different variations, right? Um, a lot of times, uh, Everybody has their own version. I'm thinking gumbo as an example. You go to just come to South Louisiana. Everybody's got a different variation of the, of their gumbo. Same thing with this uh, this Israeli chopped salad. It's going to be as varied as the places that you visit. Traditionally, a chopped it's a chopped salad of of tomatoes, cucumbers, and onions. Uh, but some establishments, restaurants, and homes transform this simple salad into a very impressive work of art. Uh, all the chopping may sound like a lot of work and it really is a lot of chopping, uh, but it's totally, totally worth it. And this is one of those salads where you can do all the chopping in advance. You can make it in advance and let it sit because sometimes the way that the longer it sits, um, it, the flavors really begin to marry and, 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 and come together and become more potent in a way that uh, when you finally do sit down and enjoy it, it's just really, really, really good. So um, yeah, I like to make the uh, the dressing of this one, the dressing of olive oil, lemon juice separately uh, in a jar. You know, if you look at some recipes, uh, they will actually make the dressing as part of the salad. Uh, I prefer to make the olive oil and lemon juice uh, dressing separately uh, in a jar and then toss it in with the salad later. But you can certainly add the olive oil and lemon juice when you add the rest of the ingredients to the bowl and toss. So if you... Uh, this recipe also does use tomatoes, and, and as you can you think about it, when you look at some recipes that call for tomatoes, they, they tell you to seed the tomatoes. Why? Because uh, if you don't seed the tomatoes, then um, 
there's more liquid, right? Because if you look at a tomato, you cut the tomato open, the seeds sit in a, um, for lack of a better term, uh, almost like a, 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 a sack, if you will, that is uh, filled with liquid. And so tomatoes themselves are really full of water. If you take a tomato, you slice it and you leave it on a plate for a little while, you come back and look at it, what are you going to find? You're going to find a lot of water. Uh, I mentioned the other day, if you cook with fresh tomatoes on a pizza, what happens when you heat that tomato up? It's going to water. There's a lot of water that's going to come out of there. Same thing with the seeds. So one way to make your uh, dressing less watery would be to see the tomatoes. If you like a watery dressing, keep the, the seeds in there. I, I personally like the fresh uh, juice or water uh, from fresh tomatoes, so I like to keep it in. In the Holy Land, you know, you're going to find this salad served as part of a meze. A meze is like a uh, an extended leisurely appetizer course. Typically, it's like a bunch of small plates or you may have big serving plates where you have a small plate that you serve. You serve from the big plates, the big serving dishes onto your small plate. And a lot of times it's, it's leisurely. It can last an hour. It can last over an hour. I mean, it's just, it's, it's grazing. And what do you do during that time? You just simply enjoy what's at hand. And, but the main point is to, is to relate, is to interact, is to talk, is to share life with the people that you are with, that you're dining with. So the meze is, is something that we're not really accustomed to a lot here in the States. We have an appetizer. If you go out to eat, you go out to dine at a restaurant, you may have an appetizer, but followed very quickly on that appetizer is going to be your entree. So it's a, it's a, a very compacted uh, uh, course and a meal. Not so in the Holy Land. In the Middle East, it's very different. Uh, so what do you do? How do you make this salad? What is in it? You need three uh, medium cucumbers, seeded and chopped. Cucumbers are also very watery. So you really do want to seed those. Uh, four medium ripe tomatoes, cored and seeded and chopped. Uh, one red be- uh, bell pepper, seeded and chopped. Uh, a large sweet yellow onion, finely chopped. And I, if, if I can get a Vidalia onion, I will because that is my favorite sweet yellow onion. Very, very sweet. I love that. I could eat it raw. Uh, Three cloves of garlic, minced. Of course, if you're me, what are you going to do to it? (laughs) Pull out that mortar and pestle and and release some stress. That's what you're going to do and crush it. But uh, three cloves of garlic, five green onions or scallions, uh, as some people refer to them as, Uh, finely chopped, two jalapeno peppers, seeded and minced, a quarter cup of cilantro, finely chopped, a quarter cup of parsley, finely chopped, and a quarter cup of mint, finely chopped, Uh, a half a cup of extra virgin olive oil, the juice, and the zest of three lemons. And it's amazing the flavor you get out of that zest. It's just awesome. I love that. Uh, And then two teaspoons of sumac. And sumac... Maybe something that may, it, it depends on where you where you are located. It may be hard to come by. Uh, sumac is uh, something that. When I hear sumac, I always think of like poison sumac, right? This is not what I'm talking about. Sumac is a uh, it's a berry. And what they do is they dry it out and they uh, grate it. And so it's almost like a powder, kind of like the consistency of cayenne pepper. And uh, but it has this this zest to it. It's it's very citrusy. It's almost like lemon. It's very tart. I love sumac. So two teaspoons of sumac are going to go in here and one teaspoon of cinnamon. Then coarse uh, salt, kosher salt, and, and freshly cracked black pepper to taste. And, and the easy way of making this is just to mix all the ingredients in a large glass mixing bowl, uh, including the, 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 the dressing. Again, I, I personally like to... to 
shake up that uh, olive oil and uh, and lemon juice separately and then add it. Uh, but you want to mix it all together, cover with plastic wrap and allow it to chill in the fridge for at least 30 minutes before serving. But I'll tell you, if you let it go for an hour to two before serving, the flavors really do come together. So good. And my father-in-law loves this salad. Absolutely loves this salad. He, the first time I made this in, in, at their house, um, and this was during, I think it was maybe when I was cooking or, or cooking for the cookbook and and trying to put together all the recipes and make sure I had them all right. Um, we had some we brought over to the house and he just went on and on about it because he says it remembers, it reminds him of some of the salads he used to eat when he was growing up. And my father-in-law's from his, I mean, his, his mom and dad were from Lebanon, from Beirut. So his, you know, big mama was what the, everybody called his mama, I guess, used to make salads like this. And uh, again, in the Middle East, this is called an Israeli chopped salad, but you have variations of this all over the Middle East, including Lebanon. So a very good salad, the Israeli chopped salad. There's a, a version of this salad uh, that uh, can be made for breakfast. And I don't think right now, as I think about it, I don't think that I have that one on uh, on CatholicFoodie.com. I do have the Israeli chopped salad, but I'm not sure I have the breakfast salad posted over there. Maybe I should do that. I do have it in the cookbook, though. The cookbook is uh, Around the Table of the Catholic Foodie. Middle Eastern Cuisine is published by Liguri Publications. It came out in November of 2014, just this past uh, November. It's available, by the way, you can get it, uh, Amazon com has it. Um, um, it's available over at Ligori.org. It's uh, available at, at Catholic bookstores across across the uh, the, the country. And uh, Barnes and Noble, I know that some of the Barnes and Nobles carry it. You may just need to call in advance or visit uh, if you have any questions. But you can always get it online uh, at Ligori.org or at uh, CatholicFoodie.com. I will say that I am I am I have been uh, humbled very humbled by all the uh, the comments uh, that I've gotten, the feedback that I've gotten on the cookbook. Um, I think I shared the other day something that, uh, a review that was posted on goodreads.com uh, a few months ago about the cookbook and how the person who wrote the review was saying how, how much they appreciate it because it's written by a regular person. I, I am a regular person and I cook and I have an education background. So I used to teach high school kids and I understand the importance of explaining things from the standpoint of, hey, the person I'm talking to has no idea what I'm talking about. So let me make sure they understand all the little things that they need to know. And so I, I do, I include things in here that I think most, most people who write cookbooks make assumptions, make assumptions that the reader has experience. I start from scratch. So uh, we're going to talk more about salads and uh, I got a couple more recipes to give you. When we come back from the break, you're listening now to the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. We have to take a break, but we'll be back in just a minute.
Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. I'm Jeff Young, your host. So glad that you are with me today. We're talking salads. This is Recipe Friday, and uh, we're talking salads today. I, I love salads, and, and summertime is just so, it's just it's the perfect time for salads. You know, we have fresh vegetables, fresh tomatoes. Uh, um, if you have a garden at home, I mean, I, I, you might have a, a green thumb, and, and I think that's fantastic. If, if you do have a green thumb, I want to be your friend because I, I have a black thumb. I can't really uh, grow anything uh, effectively. <laughs> I can cook it, though. You know, I can cook it. So uh, we talked about in the last segment the Israeli chopped salad. Uh, it is available in my cookbook, Around the Table of the Catholic Foodie Middle Eastern Cuisine. And it's also available over at catholicfoodie.com. You can find that. The Israeli breakfast salad, uh, however, is not is not on uh, catholicfoodie.com yet. It is available in the cookbook, though. And just a, just a note about that before we move on to our next salad, the Israeli uh, breakfast salad, I love it. It's fantastic. And when I was at, because I, I love having salad for breakfast. Matter of fact, I um, I made extra salad last night for dinner just on purpose so that I'd have leftovers and I could eat them for, for breakfast this morning. I, I love it. The, the, the tartness or the tanginess of the of the dressing is just something I really enjoy in the, in the morning. Um, maybe not everybody does, but when you go to the Holy Land, what I notice is really neat is that for breakfast, they will have a, a spread, you know, and then a lot of different things available. And one of those things for breakfast is going to be different types of salads. So I felt right at home uh, in, in the Holy Land. Uh, the, the Israeli breakfast salad, just to tell you what's, what's in it, you have cucumbers, uh, cottage cheese, feta cheese, um, sweet yellow onion, a green bell pepper, lemon juice, extra virgin olive oil, kosher salt, and freshly cracked black pepper, and then fresh mint as a garnish. So if you can just imagine that, it's kind of chopped, everything chopped together and, uh, and, and, and mixed together and then allowed to chill again so the flavors really come together. Uh, that, that's basically going to be your Israeli breakfast salad. A very good salad. Uh, it's not limited to breakfast only. You can eat it. There's no 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 salad police out there. They're going to they're gonna come, come get you, you know, because you ate a Israeli breakfast salad for, for dinner. Okay. That's not going to happen. You can enjoy it whenever you want. Now, another, another salad I want to talk to you about uh, today, talk with you about and share with you is uh, one that I love to do in the summertime. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Creole tomatoes, which are my absolutely favorite tomatoes, Creole tomatoes, Vidalia onions. I love those too. In the summertime, you think about it, you can get fresh cucumbers, fresh tomatoes, onions. They're all readily available. And the three of those things, they just go together so well, tomato, cucumber, and onion. And this is one of my favorite uh, favorite summer salads. And, and I do have this over at catholicfoodie.com. It's a simple tomato, cucumber, and Vidalia onion salad. And Vidalia onions, you know, kind of like Creole tomatoes, Vidalia onions are, are unique. Um, I, I don't know why it is. I've heard different theories. Um, I believe that um, I've heard one theory that had to do with the amount of sulfur that is in the, uh, in the ground, in the soil, um, in, uh, Vidalia in Georgia. And that one area of Georgia in Vidalia, uh, is why the, the, the onions are as sweet as they are. I don't know. I'm not an expert there, but I do know that they are sweeter, uh, a sweeter, uh, onion. 
So Creole tomatoes, fresh, crisp cucumbers, and the sweet and mild perfection of Vidalia onions. There's nothing like it. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. Uh, Creoles uh, are simply, as I mentioned earlier, uh, homegrown tomatoes that are from this region of South Louisiana. If you're not from here, then just use uh, homegrown tomatoes from your area. You know, homegrown tomatoes are the best. Uh, the, their taste is typically distinct. It's the local um, uh, soil there that they're grown in. Uh, for us here in South Louisiana, those Creole tomatoes taste almost tangy the way they come out. Um, unfortunately, they're not available year round. You know, just just uh, summertime is really a, the, the, the time for uh, Creole tomatoes. You know, Vidalia onions... Um, I just love. I remember as a kid watching my uh, my maternal grandfather, uh, Papa Charlie. I remember watching him routinely. I mean, I'm just a little kid. I'm over at the house. Routinely, I'd see him eat an onion like it was an apple. He'd pull his pocket knife out, sit down at the table, and start to carve this onion as if it were an apple, and he would just eat it. And I, I was dumbfounded. I mean, remember me? Picky kid, right? Picky eater. I don't eat salad. I don't eat, um, um, yeah, I, I like tomatoes, sorta. I, I certainly don't like onions, you know? And here's my grandfather eating an onion raw as if it were an apple. I was horrified. I was absolutely horrified. Um, I just couldn't understand it as a kid, you know? But now today as an adult, I can look back and I can totally understand it. Why? He was eating Vidalia onions. They are sweet and delicious. And uh, I have no problem today picking up a slice of Vidalia onion and eating it raw. It is fantastic. So this is a, uh, a salad to me that just says summer, right? It, it packs a punch when it comes to flavor and it just exudes summer. It is also an excellent option when you want to serve a salad cold. This is one that uh, you can certainly make ahead of time. Again, cover it, stick it in the fridge and let it chill for an hour or for several hours. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, here's what you got to do. Two Creole tomatoes or other uh, homegrown tomatoes, what you need. Uh, two cucumbers peeled and then one Vidalia onion or, you know, if you don't have those available, just another sweet yellow onion. You want a quarter cup to a one third cup uh, of extra virgin olive oil uh, or to taste. Again, you're going to have to, like any recipe, you need to taste it. Make sure you're cooking this or making this according to your taste. And then two tablespoons of red wine vinegar. Again, I personally like to add more, so it's going to vary from time to time. I'm going to taste it to see. And then salt and uh, kosher salt and, and freshly cracked black pepper to taste. And this is just so easy to put together. You chop the tomato, the cucumber. I love the, to, to leave the seeds in there again uh, with the cucumber as well. I think that the juice that it makes uh, is is good enough for me. I like it. Uh, I don't find that to be offensive in any kind of way. It doesn't really take away from the flavor either. I think it mixes well with the dressing itself. You cut the Vidalia in half from top to bottom then slice each half uh, thinly. You know, you want to slice it thinly and add it all to a large salad bowl. I like to work with glass. So a very large glass salad bowl I like to use. Add the olive oil, the red wine vinegar, the salt, pepper to taste. Uh, you want, you do want to taste because, you, you know, I personally like to add more vinegar than my wife likes. 
and so I had been known to hold back on the vinegar for her sake. And uh, then when I actually serve my bowl later, and I like to serve this in a bowl, um, I will add uh, a little more vinegar to mine. Uh, so it's one way to be a little little more thoughtful, perhaps if your family, if there's someone in your family that doesn't like uh, the bite of uh, vinegar as much as uh, you do. Uh, so that that is uh, that's it. And then you cover it. And uh, with, with some sort of plastic wrap, stick it in the fridge and let it marinate. Um, you, there are variations, of course. You know, uh, you can try a red onion um, if you don't have access to Vidalia onions or sweet yellow onions. You know, some of the, the small red onions uh, can be very mild. But what I have learned about red onions is this. It really depends. I mean, it's it's um, it's a shot in the dark. You know, you don't know what you're getting. It's kind of unreliable. Sometimes I have gotten red onions that are just so sweet, mild, wonderful to cook with. And if you're gonna be, you, if you're cooking with them, if you're making something with them raw, then that flavor is gonna matter. You know, uh, if you're cooking with them, it's different. Um, I have had some though that from the same store, even from the same purchase, that the same time that I went and made the purchase, I've had some that were harsh, red, very uh, strong, pungent um, flavor. So it varies. You know, I've I've noticed that with with red onions. I don't know if that is is your experience. If it is, I'd love to know. Let me know. You can always email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, so, you know, again, Creoles, you may not have access to use any kind of tomato, any homegrown tomato is, uh, sufficient. So that is a few recipes that I have given you today, uh, for, uh, salads. I will tell you that there are so many more that I have over at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, one of them is a Lebanese fatouche salad. I don't know if you've had that before, but a, a Lebanese fatouche salad um, is unique. It is, is definitely unique. Uh, what, what makes it so unique, I think, is the addition of Arabic bread or pita, as we tend to call it here in uh, the United States. Uh, but what they would do is tear the bread toasted they would toast it, tear the bread, and add that to uh, to the salad. So a fatouche, uh, I can't. Uh, we're not going to have enough time today. We are getting close to the end of the show. We got just a few more minutes left. I'm not going to have time to give you the the full recipe, but I will tell you what is in it. Um, you need to have a, a, a couple of uh, loaves, which are actually rounds, right? Two rounds of Arabic bread or pita bread that's toasted. You can just set that aside. Uh, uh, one bunch of parsley, a bunch of green onions, a bunch of fresh mint. You want all that finely chopped. One cucumber, four homegrown tomatoes. You want that chopped or the tomatoes cut into small wedges. Two cloves of garlic. Uh, you're going to want uh, half a cup or so of extra virgin olive oil, the juice of two lemons, kosher salt, fresh, uh, freshly cracked black pepper to taste, ground sumac, which I told you about earlier, and then black olives for garnish. Okay, all of that is going to make up or comprise the salad. And, and at the end, once everything is made, before you actually serve it, you're going to add the, um, uh, the the Arabic bread to it. it and the Arabic bread just adds a little something to to this salad that you, it's a little out of the ordinary. You know, the, the dressing itself um, is, is not uh, too far of a departure from the sensation salad, uh, except you're going to have that lemon in there uh, and no, no, uh, no vinegar. And, um, you had these herbs you're working with. You're working with the, the, the parsley, the, the green onions, the mint. Uh, so a little different different flavor coming out. 
uh, an excellent salad. And when I was in the Holy Land, we had this one restaurant that we went to, one of my favorite restaurants uh, in that whole experience was Magdalena, where they actually served it with fried pita bread. That was, that was excellent. So recipes, uh, folks, recipes uh, can be found over at catholicfoodie.com. It's been fantastic being with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio, and uh, we will be back. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. I'll see you then. Until then, bon appetit.